Let's all stand to our feet and put our hands together as we welcome up Andrew as he shares this morning. God bless you. God bless you guys. You guys can take your seats. You know, I left the church standing up accidentally for 47 minutes. And it was only when I was about to ask them to stand up, I realized they hadn't sat down. So I quickly asked people to sit down because I don't want to do that to anybody again. Guys, I'm so happy to be here. I really am. It's took, it's took, I've come the long way. I've come the long way. January, I headed over to Mexico. I was in San Pedro Sula. I was in Austin. I was in Houston. I was in Dallas. I was in Miami. I was in Florida. Then I went to San Pedro Sula, to Mexico, around Mexico. Then I came home, and then I went to Johannesburg, to Durban, over to Cape Town. Then I came back, and then I went to, oh, where have I been? I've been to Honduras. I went around Honduras, dodged the cartel. That was rather interesting. Then I've been to Brisbane, Melbourne, the sunny coast, surfers paradise, Christchurch, now I'm here. And this is the second to last service. So unfortunately, we know God saves the best to last, so the five o'clock service is going to be better than this one. I'm just throwing a disclaimer out right now, okay? It's not me. I don't create the Bible. God says he saves the best to last. So clearly the 5 p.m. service is going to be way better than this but I endeavor to speak the truth. My name is Andrew, and my wonderful wife sends her love, Jennifer. She's an incredible woman. She, she keeps me out of a lot of trouble. She really does. She's an amazing woman. She's a wise woman. She's a powerful woman, and she sends her love. Um, she really does. Here she is, actually. Here she is, there. With the love of her life. It just so happens to be called Lincoln Bartholomew Cannon, for those who are into details. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, she sends a love. Mason, that, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for trusting me. And thank you for giving me this platform. I'm honored. I'm honored to share um, the truth. If you guys could put my social media handle up, I'd really appreciate it because I want to stay in touch with you guys. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, I'll drop some nuggets in, maybe bless you, encourage you. It's a lot easier than traveling 10,568 miles. I can just drop a post in and reach you. So if you guys want to follow me on there, that'd be really good. But I am super blessed. I have my best friend with me here, Daz Shettle. You know Daz, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I like hanging around with Daz because he makes me look normal. It's very difficult to make me look normal, believe it or not, but Daz really does. As a matter of fact, Daz makes me look lukewarm, which is amazing, because I get in, it's like good cop, bad cop, you know? We have a great relationship, and I love you and your wonderful wife, Bria, and your children. We have a ministry school together called Harvest Now, evangelism school. I met Daz in November 2017. We were both at Reinhard Bonke's Farewell Crusade. I met Daz as Reinhard was preaching his last message on African soil, and we knew in that moment, we knew in that moment that we would do something together. It took a couple of years to find out what that was, and then it was a school. So we found, formed a charity, trustees. We have our own school called Harvest Now Evangelism School, which is amazing, and it's a privilege to run with you, bro. It really is. You're a good man. You're a godly man, and I appreciate you. I do appreciate you. <clears throat> 
So I have something that I want to share today. Of course, that's why I'm here. And it is out the word of God. It is out the Bible. Great. Because that's what sets people free. The truth. The truth sets people free. Hey, you're a lively bunch. This is good. I like it when, the, I like it when there's a bit of sound coming back, okay? Oh, amen. So I won't be offended if you say amen to something that's out the Bible. I won't, won't be offended if you say hallelujah. Okay, let's do this and let's go after this together. But I have something that I want to share with you and I hope that it blesses you. Before I get into the word, I have a book that I launched five, six weeks ago. It's called Dare to Share. Interestingly enough, I haven't had the chance to sell it in the UK yet because I'm hardly ever home. But this is it. It's called Dare to Share. And interestingly, what I'm about to preach to you today is in this book. There's eight chapters, nine chapters. One of the chapters is called The Power, The Value of Your Own Story. You all have a story and the world needs to hear it. It's valuable. Another one is called Jesus Wants Your Platform. And you may say, well, I don't have one. Yes, you do. It's the square foot in which you stand in. Because you will always find yourself in it. And wherever you go, there you are. You can't escape you, so you might as well just proclaim who Jesus is from the very square foot that you stand in. And there's another chapter that's called A Nobody to a Somebody to a Daughter. And you can also change that to Son, which is what I'm going to preach to you today. This book, I promise you, if you put it into practice, it will help you win souls. You will see people get healed. Because why? It'll help you get all the God stuff in your head and all the God stuff in your heart. It will help you get it out of your mouth. Because faith comes by hearing the word of amen. And it's locked up in you and I want to help you get it out. It's on sale. As soon as you walk through the entrance door, it's on that desk there. I will be there. I will even help devalue the book by signing it for you if you so wish. I find it interesting that people want me to sign their book because I know me. I live with me, and yet I get to sign people's books. It's incredible. Excuse me, you're laughing way too much. <laughs> it's incredible. The book will bless you, I promise you, and it'll bless me and bless my ministry if you purchase one. God bless. Right, let's get into the Word of God. Let's get into the reason why I'm here. If you have your Bibles with you, because the 8 o'clock service did, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. They had their Bibles with them. If you have your Bibles with you, can you lift them above your head? I'm just kidding. Okay, let's go to Mark 5. Amen. The shepherdess at the front, like. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark 5. And I just want to say hello to everyone who's tuning in at home. I hope this message blesses you. I hope you are encouraged. And if you don't know Jesus, stay tuned in because I'm going to introduce you to him in about 25 minutes. You're going to give your life to him if you so wish. It's the best decision of your life. So stay tuned, share it, get this out. I'm going to read from Mark 5, verse 25 to 34. Mark 5, verse 25 to 34. This is one of the best passages in the Bible, at least for me. It's all amazing, right? But some speaks to you louder than others. I just want you to know this, this handkerchief, it's not a prop. 
It's not to make me look like an itinerant evangelist. I went to Africa to preach for the very first time and I asked the Lord to open up my heart. He did. And my sweat glands. <laughs> Do we have any Africans in the house? Glory to God. I just want to thank you Africans for teaching me that prayer meetings don't have to last only an hour. <laughs> thank you so much. I go to Africa, I go to Abuja and Lagos, I minister at Paul and Eche's, Pastor Paul and Eche's place. That won't mean anything to you if you don't know who Pastor Paul and Eche is, but he's a big deal, he's a great man of God. But anyway, let me get into the word of God. Verse 25, and a certain woman, say certain. Certain woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all the money she had. Yet instead of getting better, her situation became worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed immediately. Say immediately. Thank you. Her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet trembling with fear and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Wow. This is a powerful, that is a wow. This is a powerful, powerful story. And I've read enough scripture now for you to agree that I have a strange accent. Well, I want you to know I think you all do too. And where two or more are in agreement, God will move, right? So at least we agree on something so far. God is amazing. And this woman, her life changes immediately. But before we get into this, let me give you a bit of backstory. Let me just go back a couple of hours or a day or so. Jesus gets in a boat with a couple of his disciples and he goes to the other side of the lake. And there he is met by a demon-possessed man. Legion. There's many demons. This is a self-harmer. Chains could not hold him to the wall. People were petrified. They'd go the long way round. And Jesus speaks to these demons and he casts them into the pigs the pigs run into the lake and they stay under that water till the bubbles stop they're drowned gone he then gets back that that sorry that demon possessed man then goes into the villages and towns as a free man and then he gets back into that same boat with disciples and he heads back over to where he came from and there he's then confronted by a crowd of people. Inside of that crowd of people, there's a synagogue leader. His name is Jarius. 
Jarius has a 12-year-old daughter who is sick and about to die. He pleads with Jesus for him to go and heal her. Jesus is on his way to heal Jarius' daughter. And what I've just read to you happens. So, if you can imagine, this is where the woman touches Jesus. Over this side of the lake, the demon-possessed man's been set free. And this side, Jesus is on his way to heal Jarius' daughter. So this passage straight away tells me that not every interruption should be an inconvenience. Not every interruption. Jesus is interrupted. He's on his way to do something. He's on his way to heal Jarius' daughter. So let's get into this. Verse 25, and a certain woman, a certain woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This woman is not even named. That woman, the unclean woman, and I know she's unclean, and you know she's unclean, because it tells us in Leviticus, Leviticus 15, I believe, that if a woman bleeds longer than her regular cycle, she's deemed unclean. As a matter of fact, if a woman is bleeding, she's deemed unclean. And this woman bled for 12 long years. 12 long years. Interestingly, the first time that I ever heard of social distancing was in 2020. <laughs> when I got booted out of Christchurch. Remember, I had to leave because the flights were all cancelling. But this woman had been subject to it 2,000 years ago for 12 long years. She would have been known as the unclean woman. The woman you avoid, you couldn't brush up against her, Mason, because everything she touched was deemed unclean. And everyone she touched, not just everything, everyone. So you would have avoided her because she would have been a real hindrance to your life. This unclean woman who was suffering, it tells us that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. And instead of getting better, her situation became worse. Just like I said in the 8 a.m., is this a time for the guest minister to really abuse his opportunity? Is this the time for the guest minister, the man of God, the man of faith, to abuse and criticize the medical world? No. Thank God for doctors and for nurses and for dentists. Thank God for veterinary clinics. My dog's just been sick at home, Lincoln Bartholomew Cannon. He had a growth taken out of his neck. Thank God for vets. We look at these loved ones, these little four-legged friends. Thank God for the medical world. There was a time in my life before I met the Lord, it was very colorful. It was black and gray. Just miserable. And it was this time I got into an altercation and my jaw was broken and the jawbone came out here. Popped, no, it gets worse. Cover your ears. The jawbone comes out. It cracked in four places. These two teeth popped out. Part of my jaw here is plastic. If anyone wants to see, just come and see me as I'm signing books. I'll show you. It's plastic. And that was a whole mess. My tongue was hanging off, 17 stitches in it. There was a whole thing was a whole mess. This bone was coming out here. And I was contemplating on whether to go to the doctors because I was taking stuff that made me feel okay. Um, and I was like, shall I go? 
Bone will come out. Oh, I best go. Anyway, I went to the doctors and I can the hospital. And they, they, I went to one hospital in a taxi. And they put me in an ambulance and shot me to another hospital. And I was laying on this bed in the surgeons. I was about to have the operation. And I can remember the surgeon saying, he's under. I heard him. <laughs> Clearly, I was not under. I heard him. And I heard this. It was almost, I didn't even know angels existed then. It was like this. This woman, she touched me on the hand. Not, she said, he's not. Thank God for anaesthetists. Thank God for anaesthetists. So this is not the time to attack the medical world. In fact, there's never a time. But this woman had suffered under the care of many doctors, spent all her money, violated, isolated, broken. This woman had spent everything, and her situation became Worse, not better, worse. I mean, can you imagine? Broken, lonely, isolated, violated. I'm trying to think of a few more. Lated, isolated, violated. Broken, on her own. 12 years, 12 years, no bubble of six. On her own, broken, broken, financially broken. This woman's situation became worse physically, emotionally, and financially. This woman was in a terrible, terrible situation. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is, it says in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard Faith comes by? Amen. Amen. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. This blows my mind. I have a question. Who told her? I think it could have been you. That's the evangelist in me. Now I'm going to be quite pastoral because I don't want to leave anyone else. I think it could have been us. Could have been us, because everyone's like, what? not me? Why not me? Could have been us. You smile that much, I think I'm going to blame you, sir. I think it was you who told her. No one, let, no one gets offended about being accused of telling this woman. I mean, I don't want to be blamed for anything, especially stuff I haven't done, but I don't mind being blamed for this. Because we all know that deep down, I wish that we were telling people about Jesus. But it says here, when she heard, who told her? Now, right up to now, it's been the absolute truth, the true truth that's from the Bible. Just for the next three minutes, it's Andrew Cannon's opinion. So if you're ever going to take anything from this, just sit back for a minute, okay? Right up to now, I'm going to share my opinion a little bit. Could it be, could it be, just dream with me, could it be that as Jesus touched the shore in this village with the disciples confronted by a crowd, the disciples are like, you never guess what's just been happening. What's been happening? Do you know the demon-possessed man? Who? Do you know Legion? Yeah. Completely set free. You are kidding me. How? He just spoke to them. He just spoke to the demons. He went in the pigs. Where are the pigs? They're in the lake. Where about? At the bottom. <laughs> dead. All of them. Dead. 
And what's the demon-possessed man doing? No, no, you haven't heard me. He's no longer possessed. He's been set free. He's in the village telling everyone. I think, again, just an opinion. I think that healing testimonies, testimonies of deliverance were entering into this crowd of people. And they're like, well, what's he doing now? Where's he going? Do you know Jarius' daughter? He's on his way to heal here. Oh, this is amazing. I think she heard potentially like this because it got to her somehow. It got to her. It says when she heard, I think healing testimonies would have entered that village. You see, because faith comes by hearing, not by hugging. I will. Thank you. Faith comes by hearing, not by hugging. Hug people, but tell them the truth. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. When she heard, she thought. She thought, if I could just touch his cloak. What I find interesting is this woman had an opportunity. She had an opportunity to retract with fear and cultural demands or to step forward in faith and push through the obstacles. The obstacles were people. The obstacles were humanity. She couldn't touch them. She could not rub up against them. So this woman, when she heard about Jesus, she thought, if I can just touch his cloak, I will be healed, verse 28. Because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Let me just back to verse 27. When she heard the next verse, she thought. She heard, faith arise, and then she thought. When she heard, faith comes by hearing. As soon as she heard and faith rose up, she then thought, if I can just touch him. If I can just touch him, I will be made whole, healed. She took her opportunity. She took her opportunity. She sees the God man, my sister. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Twelve long years. I'm picking on you because I see this girl in white, by the way. I just see this woman with the issue of blood. I see it in white. Can you imagine 12 long years, broken, not seeing your family, isolated, violated, financially broke, social outcast. Then all of a sudden, this faith rises in you. I can imagine she pulls back this door and she sees him. She sees the God-man himself. And she thinks, if I can just touch him. Interesting. She starts to think that healing is present. If I can just touch him, I will be made whole. And she makes her way to Jesus. She makes her way. This is a fear over, this is a faith over fear adventure she sees him and she believes that if i can just touch him i will be made whole but she sees the obstacles i want you to know my friends that most most of your rewards are on the other side of risk that all relate to uh, all relate to faith faith is a fight fight the good fight of faith not just wobble through life 
Fight it. Go after it. All these things that want to slow us down, push through in love, in peace, in right standing with the Father, our eyes fixed on the one who sets the captives free. Go after him. Get people to him. Open up the doors. Let them hear. Because when they hear, they will think. And when they think, they might touch. And when they touch, they'll certainly be set free. We have a message. We have a messenger. And the method is open this. That's the method. The method is, I want to give you, a li- let you into a little secret. I've had the privilege to lead a number of people to Jesus. 50,000 plus. And I have never led anyone to Jesus without telling them about Jesus. I haven't. I really haven't. I've never led anyone to Jesus without telling them about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and she heard and she thought, if I could just touch her clothes, she pushes through for her breakthrough. She sees him and she moves past the obstacles in fear, but with faith, do it and do it scared. Do it and do it afraid. It's okay, it's okay. Do it, get people to him, touch him, do it and do it scared. It's okay, do it afraid. It's called faith, okay? So she sees him and she touches him. She touches him. One of the things that I'm actually going to go back and study was what were the consequences of her rubbing up against someone the wrong way? Brushing past it. Was it being stoned? I don't know. I really don't know. So, but I'm going to look into it. What was the consequence of her being out in the public? Well, whatever it was, her faith overshadowed it. And she sees this God man and she thinks, if I can just touch him, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. She touches him and instantly power leaves Jesus. Power. Power had left him. Can you imagine? A crowd of people. A crowd of people all touching him, the Bible says. One of the disciples says one of the disciples, plural, so it could have been any one of them. We don't know. But if it said one of a, a disciple, I would probably have blamed Peter. Because he goes on to say, Lord, there are all these people around you and you want to know who's touching you. Jesus says, be quiet. Who touched me? Adamant, wanting to know. You see, could it be, could it be that that kind of power can only be extracted by faith? Could it be that Jesus is actually saying, who amongst you is pleasing to the Father? Because without faith, it's impossible to please the Father. One of the disciples say, Jesus, there's all these people around you and yet you still want to know. Now, again, my opinion. I've got this sneaky feeling That Jesus knew who touched them. I really do. I've got this sneaky feeling. I think Jesus was deliberately exposing her because he wanted everyone in the village to know she's about to be integrated back into society. Who touched me? They're looking around. The disciples say, there's loads of us. There's loads of them touching you. I want you to know that this Bible, that this word of God tells us 
that Jesus knows an individual touch in a corporate setting. He knows an individual touch in a corporate setting. He knows when you touch him. This woman knows what she's done. She tells Jesus and Jesus calls her daughter. Daughter. He says, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This is so powerful. Go in peace. One touch, instantly set free. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Here is a woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And she had an instantly. I had an instantly. On the 21st of January, 2010. Before that day, I'd never been to church. I was a cocaine addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a self-harmer. And I lived on the streets of Liverpool, on and off the streets. Two failed suicide attempts. Never been to church. Didn't know any of you guys. Didn't even know my wife. And I heard my sister and I thought. And I touched them. I heard, why? Because someone like you told me. I heard and I thought, if I could just touch him. I will be made whole. He changed my life in one minute. 9.15 a.m. I was about to have a Bible study in a rehab. Never been to church, never read the Bible. 9.16 a.m. A man walked in. He said, someone in here wants to give their life to Jesus now. I said, Jesus, if you are real, save me. And I felt the hands of God touch me. Never been to church. Didn't know the tomb was empty. Didn't know there was a resurrection at better. A burial, a resurrection. I didn't know any of this. A crucifixion, a burial, a resurrection. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know that people played guitar in church and keys. I didn't know Christians were that good looking. I had no idea. And on this day, sorry, bro, but you are good looking. <laughs> On this day, I was suicidal. I didn't want to live. I went into this room. I sat around a dining table and the man walked in. He said, someone in here wants to give their life to Jesus. It was like Jesus walked in the room and I heard and I thought, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. I didn't even know he existed. I said, Jesus, if, very small Jesus, huge question mark, if you're real, save me. And I felt the hands of God touch me. He purged nine years of addictions out of me instantly, baptized me in the Holy Ghost and in fire, and out of my mouth came a heavenly language. Because I heard. Listen to this. Can you imagine this? Cocaine addict, alcoholic, self-harmer, suicidal, hearing voices, tormented, manically depressed, not wanting to live, to being set free, brought into the right mind and going in peace. He baptized me in the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. I was the very first person I ever heard praying in tongues. Can you imagine? I was the very first person I ever heard praying in tongues. Why am I saying this? Because just like this woman, verse, verse 25, 
a certain woman, unnamed. Verse 33, who touched me? Identified woman. Verse 34, daughter. She went from a nobody to a somebody to a daughter, healed and sent away in peace because somebody told her. My friends, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is in this room. Jesus is in this room. And to try and explain it to a non-believer, it's like trying to explain water to someone who's never been wet. It's hard. This is why we trust not on our own understanding. This is why we trust not in ourselves, but in the spoken word of God. Because it does what it says it's supposed to do. I mean, look at us. Like, look at us. <laughs> he set us free, right? And you know you. And he set you free. Why would we ever think that he couldn't set anyone else free? Can the rest of the band come up, please? If they're here. Why would you think that he couldn't set you free? Those at home, I want you to lean in for a moment. This is what I want you to do. I want you to picture Jesus in the room with you because he is. You may not see him. And if you say you want to see him, I just want to encourage you to look out your window and I want you to describe to me what the wind looks like. We know it's there, but we can't quite see it. We can't quite grab it. We can't quite explain it, but we know it's there. Jesus transforms people. He sets the captives free. If there's people in here tonight who want to, today, should I say, it's nine o'clock at night at home. Forgive me. Guys, listen. I can't give your life to Jesus for you. You can tell me you're thirsty if I drink 20 gallons of water in front of you without offering you it and you receiving it you're going to remain thirsty. I can eat all the sandwiches in the world. If I don't offer you one, you're going to remain hungry. I want to offer you the free gift of salvation. He's here. You've heard about him. My question is, will you touch him? Will you touch him? While everyone's seated. Come up, you can come up. Do it for you, not for me. Because if you do it for me, another minister or another person could talk you out of it. God's not reasoned, he's revealed. I'll never reason you into the kingdom, but if I reveal him, you'll accept him. Because if I reason you in, someone will reason you out. But if God reveals himself to you, there's not a person on this planet that can tell me he's not real, because I know he is, why? Because he touched me. Amen. Amen. This is what we're going to do. <clears throat> Amen, Jesus. We love you. Is there anyone in this room who's heard what I've said and said, I want to know this Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Amen.
Stick it up, bro. Amen. Is there anyone in here? Along with my brother over here. Who has never given their lives to the Lord. And wants to do it right now. How about you at home? Have you ever given your life to the Lord? And you're going to do it right now? When you do, I want you to reach out to Connect Church. I want you to reach out to them and I want you to tell them. Because I'm here with them in person. And they are a beautiful bunch. They really are. They really are. They're family. And they're waiting for you to come through this door. I promise you, I can see all their faces. They're good people. But Jesus is much better. Amen? Give your life to him. This is what we're going to do. If there's anyone in here who's never given their life to Jesus and they're going to do it right now, I want you to lift up your hand. If you want to give your life to the Lord for the first time, Amen. Stand up, bro. You're at the back. Stand up. It's the first time you've made a commitment to the Lord. God bless you, bro. God bless you. I came here for you, my friend. I came here for you. Moreover, Jesus died and God raised him back to life for you. We're going to praise. Did anyone else? Courage creates faith creates courage. Courage creates faith. Is there anyone else in here who wants to give their life to Jesus now for the very first time? My bro. Amen. Amen. Jesus is real. This is awesome, right? Like heaven's doing this right now. Rejoicing over one. Well, there's two. Twice the rejoicing. Let's go. Let's go. Amen. Right, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you today. I want everyone in here who's saved so stretch out the hands. We're going to pray for you and we're going to pray for you. You're going to repeat after me because I want to help you. This prayer does not save you, okay? Believing in Jesus in your heart and confessing with your mouth, that is what saves you. And walking out the rest of your life following him. But this prayer is you and I and all of us saying, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. It's the prayer of salvation, we call it. The prayer within itself, without the faith, is prayer alone. You believe, right? You believe, bro. Amen. Let's do this. Everyone stretch out their hands. Let's say, Father God, I ask that you forgive me, that you save me, that you wash me clean, you remove all of my sins and you raise me back to life as a new creation. Today, I receive the free gift of salvation. Today is the day of my salvation. 
I give you all of my life, all of my thoughts, all of my actions. Today, Jesus, I become a disciple of yours. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give it up for Jesus? Come on, guys. God bless you. Keep telling people about Jesus. When they hear, they will think. And when they think, they will touch. And when they will touch, they will be set free. God bless you. Take care. Let's put our hands together for Andrew. Such a great word. Such a great word. Well, I hope that really ignited something in our hearts, that the faith that we have, that the hope we have in Jesus, we can actually share that around with us. And bless you, brothers, you know, making that commitment. We just really encourage you to come and see us afterwards. We'll have a a Bible at the back of the church. There'll be a pastor. We'd love to, to talk with you and pray with you on your journey. And this is just the first step. Of, um, of some great things that God's going to do in your life. I know that for sure. So, yeah, let's give it up one more time for, for Andrew. Such a blessing to have you in the house this morning. Would you guys all raise to your feet? I just want to pronounce a blessing, and then we'll close the service. Hold out your hands like this, and just the posture to receive. May the Lord bless you. The Lord make His face, and, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Well, that's the end of the service. Have a great week. Bless you. Have a coffee. Stick around for some fellowship. We'd love to catch up with you. Awesome.